Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, good morning again. It's hour two. This is Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. So one of the things you may, um, you oh, well, you probably do with your family. I do it with my family. Uh, we call it calendaring. And so this is um, one of those like calendaring weeks at my house. Like we're trying to get the summer calendar put together. We're trying to coordinate our calendar with um, calendars of family members in other places. Like, can we intersect here? Can you guys do this? Calendaring related to um, now grandkids and their desire to go to Disney World at some point. Like, right, calendaring, calendaring. Are you doing some calendaring? So two weeks from now on the calendar is the Faith Radio Spring Fundraiser. Is it on your calendar? It's definitely on my calendar, um, and so for those of you who maybe have just joined us in the last minute or day or week or month, you may not know this is actually listener-supported radio. And you're saying, well, I listened to it as a podcast. I didn't even know it was radio. Yeah, it's, it's actually like real live radio, real live radio terrestrial signals out there, you know, big radio towers. And it is a growing digital media expression around the world. And so people listening in more than 100 countries and people listening in all hours of the day and night on the Faith Radio app and at MyFaithRadio.com. And all of that is made possible because people who listen actually give. Like that is what listener-supported media ministry is. And so please be praying um, with me and for us here at the Faith Radio family as we prepare for the spring fundraiser. In a couple of weeks, we are going to seek to fan the flame and to fan into flame um, revival and continue to keep the ministry not only strong, but prepared to say yes when God says, hey, here's an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with someone else. So be be joining us in that. Maybe uh, the Lord is saying to you, hey, I have given you some resources that I want you to put up as a matching gift during Faith Radio's spring fundraiser. And so I need you to send an email to Carter, Carter Dreblow. He's on our team at Faith Radio. Just send him an email, carter at myfaithradio.com, and say, hey, Carter, I would like, um, I'd like to offer a matching gift to encourage others to give generously during Faith Radio's spring fundraiser. So just send Carter an email, carter at myfaithradio.com. Um, next week, April 27th to, or 17th to the 23rd, is actually the National Week of Conversation. So, you know, we do that every single day here on Mornings with Carmen. We are having conversations um, across all kinds of divisions that might exist among us, and we're seeking to cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day and um, enter into the conversations of the day as people who are prepared to represent Christ and to do so in ways that honor Him. So, 
Um, I'm going to encourage you next week during the National Week of Conversation to actually maybe get into a conversation, host a conversation, invite a conversation with somebody who you know actually disagrees with you about some th- some things and learn how to listen and ask good questions and be a person who's curious. Um, what would it look like for you and I to be in a conversation during the National Week of Conversation um, where all we did was sought to learn how other people came to believe what they believe or see things the way that they see them or respond the way that they respond? What would it look like for you and I to um, invite people into conversation where we genuinely listened to them, seeking first to understand before we um, try to share with others um, our understanding of something? So there you go. We're going to be talking more and more about this. If you want some resourcing related to it, I am uh, looking at and relying on some things at conversation.us, conversation.us, the National Week of Conversation. I'm calendaring for that next week. Heather Zeiger is going to join us in just a moment. She's a science writer. we got all kinds of science and healthcare uh, ethics-related headlines to cover. Like you, I have been um, reading about, listening to, and following this unfolding debate in the country about um, drugs that result in the abortion of a human fetus, um, the FDA approval process. And so we're going to take all of that up next with Heather. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Heather Zeiger is joining us. She's a science writer. You can read what she's writing at heatherzeiger.com. She also serves with the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity at bioethics.com. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Carmen. <clears throat> I uh, I have some gravel in my throat. I apologize for <clears throat> my my graveliness today. Talk with us about these um, dueling abortion rulings, um, the FDA approval process. What What... What do we need to know? Yeah. So first of all, this is about one of two drugs that are used to induce an abortion. So it's uh, this is about the first drug, mifepristone. And so the idea here is that you take this drug um, to halt the hormones that cause the fetus to grow. And then the second drug, um, misoprostol then causes the miscarriage. So this is about the first drug. And the Texas uh, ruling, the the judge said that in 2000, when the FDA approved this drug, that they actually uh, did not follow their own guidelines. And so um, he said there were issues in the approval process that uh, apparently some misrepresentation or misunderstanding or it was um, slided through without proper uh, look at, I believe it was safety issues. So at the same time, though, Washington State had a judge ruled that he said that the FDA needs to take off some of the restrictions for this drug. So let me, let me explain what's going on here. So in 2000, the FDA approved the use of both uh, 
both of these drugs to induce an abortion. There are guidelines that the FDA does post on its website, including, um, or in the medical guidelines, including risk factors. Having said that, the way it's portrayed in the media or perhaps the way that uh, it occurs in doctor's office, sometimes these risk factors are not explained. So that's an informed consent issue. And sometimes the restrictions or the guidelines are not followed. So for example, the, the FDA says this is only for the first 10 weeks of gestation, so the beginning of a pregnancy, that uh, only doctors can prescribe it because one of the big risk factors is it, the doctor needs to make sure it's not a tubal pregnancy um, because that can cause problems and that then women need to follow up with a doctor two weeks after taking the medication. Okay, so these are all um, things that have to do with safety issues. This has to do with informed consent issues. And so the Washington case wants to take off some of these restrictions to make these um, medicines uh, more accessible. So this is kind of what's going on here, and this is probably going to go up to uh, the a Supreme Court case. Um, what's really interesting and what has a lot of people bothered, I think, is that these are court cases that are saying the FDA was wrong. And um, while it is good to hold the FDA accountable because there have been some issues with drugs that are not related to abortion, like um, the Alzheimer's drug recently, where um, efficacy was actually not uh, clear and they had to um, they had to backtrack on approving that drug. And opioids, another example. So holding the FDA accountable is good. I think a lot of people are concerned about these court cases that say, you know what, the FDA was wrong and this drug should be taken off. And while, you know, with abortion drugs, yeah, those of us that are pro-life who say, yeah, there's a problem here, I think that you can run into some issues with some people then wanting to sue the FDA, say, to get their competitor's drug off the market so that then they can put their drug in. I mean, you know, so there's a lot of people that are speculating as to, okay, how, what, what would be the ramifications of these court cases? So there's a lot of issues going on here, right? There's like the informed consent issue. There's the, is this causing harm? What are, what are the restrictions the FDA already has on these drugs? And then of course, there's the bioethics issue of, you know, is the use of these drugs to induce an abortion ethical? And from a pro-life perspective, it is not. Um, and then the, the issue of, well, the drug approval process in the FDA. So there's a lot of parts here. Okay, if you're listening right now and you're um, you're wondering what's the drug we're talking about, you might <clears throat> you might think back um, to the early '90s and conversations about RU486. That is um, mifepristone. Um, you might also be interested to know that the drug manufacturer that de first developed this uh, drug, it's a French pharmaceutical company. They actually granted as a gift to um, to an organization that that sole purpose is population control. They granted um, U.S. Um, the U.S. rights to this drug um, to um, I mean, they donated it for free. The U.S. patent rights for mifepristone to an organization called Population Council, whose sole solely exists to. Um, you know, fight, quote, world overpopulation. So there's just no question that the motive behind this is um, fewer people like that. <laughs> so I just think that knowing what the motive behind something is, this does not treat an illness. This is not a drug that treats an illness. This is a drug that is designed for the sole purpose of starving 
a human being of the progesterone necessary to continue regular, normal human development. It makes the womb uninhabitable, um, and it must be joined with misoprostol in order that um, a woman would enter into premature labor um, so that her body would then deliver a dead baby. Like, that's what's going on here. And for us to imagine that this does not have any negative side effects for women who take this drug, for young women who take this drug, because there are no age limits related to this, um, and even though originally approved for use up to seven weeks of gestation, it was extended for the use of chemical abortion up to 10 weeks gestation. Um, there is now no uh, doctor's visit required, um, and a doctor isn't even the person who now has to prescribe these drugs. People are getting them through the mail, um, and it, it's, it's, yeah, the majority of abortions that take place in America take place in this way. And so this is a big conversation about life. And it is a big conversation about women's health, and let's not lose sight of that. Um, it's one of the few drugs out there uh, that every single time it's used, a person dies. Like, if you are looking for a way to talk about this with people, this is one of the only drugs on the market that every time it's taken, a person dies. Um, and so that just, I just think we got to, <clears throat> we, we got to enter into the conversation and we got to do so in a way that's sober and we need to not get caught up in the, uh, in, in, in the political talking points of the day. Heather, um, let's continue our conversation in just a moment. Love for you to um, talk with us about more girls being diagnosed with autism. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. If you go to bioethics.com, you'll see aggregated there a number of headlines across uh, several media outlets. And we're going to talk about one of those links right now. We're talking with Heather Zeiger. Um, she's a science writer and she's an editor at bioethics.com. Um, read us in, Heather, on this more girls being diagnosed with autism. I have one in my family. Um, my, my bet is that everybody listening knows someone um, who's got a girl who um, has autism. Yeah, so what's interesting is for the longest time, autism was thought to be uh, predominantly in boys. And it turns out that actually girls have autism, uh, probably much closer to the number, more even uh, to the number of boys, and that we are actually getting better at diagnosing this in girls. So it's not that the incidence of autism is necessarily higher, it is that we are getting better at diagnosing. Um, it turns out, and just, just, just to give a little bit of background, so autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder, and there are, um, they're not entirely sure what causes it. There's probably many different causes, many different um, manifestations of symptoms, so that's why we call it a spectrum disorder. Okay, so um, not only that, but symptoms, uh, like some of the uh, behaviors or some of those neurodevelopmental um, uh, 
behaviors that we see in, for example, toddlers where maybe they're not interacting with uh, their environment, with other people in the same way, or they're having language development um, delays are different in girls than they are in boys. So this is actually a good thing in the sense that now girls can get the support that they need um, to... Uh, once they're diagnosed, to then learn how to, since a lot of times those of us that we know people who are on the autism spectrum, you know, they can then learn how to develop some of those social skills or some of those communication skills that maybe they need a little extra help on. Uh, and so this is actually very helpful for girls. I will say, and this is, this is something that I uh, write about and it's near and dear to my heart because I work with teenage girls, is oftentimes girls are misdiagnosed, one, because we treat girls differently, in, in, especially little girls. We treat them a little differently than we do boys, so sometimes, um, you know, that they're able to hide their symptoms or they're able to hide some of the challenges they have socially. Also, girls are more likely than boys to be diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And sometimes they are misdiagnosed with having anxiety or depression when in reality they, prob- are, they have autism. So um, I think it's also good to maybe take a step back and look at, you know what, maybe we were misdiagnosing girls for a long time. Hmm. All right, you're going to um, participate in a conference this summer. The Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity is holding a summer conference, and people are invited. They can attend either in person or um, they can attend online. That's a great online option for a lot of folks um, around the world. Talk with us about um, what, what's happening this summer and tell people how to find the information. Sure. Yeah. So our summer conference this year, the theme is broad. So we're not, it's not just science, not just clinical, but we're looking at the Christian stake in bioethics. And that was actually our conference theme 30 years ago when we had our first conference. And it's looking at, we're looking at some of the issues where Christians have had a good impact or in the past, what are the issues today, and then what are some of those issues in the future? So we're really taking a broad look. So you're going to see some of the things like medical ethics, the definition of dying, which um, you know, brain death was something that was a discussion back in um, the 1970s and 80s, for example. We'll look at advanced directives. We'll look at things like virtue ethics. Um, we'll look at, uh, and if you're more on the creative or the literary mindset, we'll look at science fiction and how um, as Christians we can look, we can use these to have ta- conversations about some of these bioethics issues. Remember that bioethics is dealing with the edges of life, the beginning of life, and the end of life. And this is where um, as Christians we can have discussions with people about um, the sanctity of life like we did uh, at the beginning of this segment or where we can talk about um, the end of life and what what are the things that are valuable at the end of life? Do, do we really want to, you know, use medicine to eke out every bit of life or is there something to having quality interactions and, um, with our loved ones, you know, so all of these things are things that, uh, bioethics deals with. And so you can find more information on that on the center for bioethics and human dignities website, www.cbhd.org and take a look at our annual conference. CBHD, Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity, cbhd.org, backslash conf, C-O-N-F, 2023, or just look for the 2023 conference, click.
like just, you know, click to get there. CBHD.org. Um, great online option, as well as those of you who are able to attend in person in at Trinity International University in Deerfield, Illinois, June 22nd to the 24th. Um, as always, Heather, it's a great delight to talk with you. We didn't get to so many things that um, would have been fun to talk about, but thank you so much for helping us have some important, difficult conversations today. Great. It was fun. Thanks, Carmen. Yeah, absolutely. That's Heather Zeiger. You can find her at heatherzeiger.com. You can also find her at the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity, cbhd.org. We're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a break for Breakpoint. You got me singing like So one of our most uh, popular conversations here recently has been with Kim Dolan Leto, um, Fit God's Way, your Bible-based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. So I thought it'd be fun to have Kim back and talk a little bit more in depth about um, part of this plan. So just remind you that you can um, check it out at fitgodsway.com. Let me encourage you um, with the daily seven W's. Have you been in the Word today? Where in the word are you today? That's W number one. The second W is worth. Are you placing your worth in Christ? Are you recognizing the worthiness of Christ and in the, and Christ finding your confidence, your strength, and the grace sufficient for the living of these days? How about whole God-made food? Are you choosing whole God-made food over processed or man-made food? How about water? All right, here's the water rule. Divide your weight in half. All right, do that math. Divide your weight in half and drink a minimum of that many ounces per day. Wow, um, that's a lot of water. <laughs> I guess that depends how much you weigh. That's a lot of water. All right, um, work out, move and strengthen your body. Have you moved yet this morning? I mean, you know, you could be uh, taking me for a walk right now. I'd, uh, I'd love to go for a walk with you. How about worship? Are you worshiping the Lord? Are you carving out time consistently to listen to Christian music, to sing, to dance, to praise God? And how about your wake-sleep cycle? Are you um, consistently getting enough rest? Do you have a good rhythm and routine? Are you putting yourself to bed with the peace of God, and are you waking up in His power? Those are the seven W's of the Fit God's Way plan. You can uh, find what we're talking about with Kim at fitgodsway.com. She's going to join us today, and we're going to talk specifically about habit number three, which is activating your faith. How do you activate your faith as you get fit God's way? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Kim Dolan Leto is back. You can find what we're talking about at fitgodsway.com. The book is Fit God's Way, your Bible-based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. So let's, um, if we can, let's just focus in today 
on how to activate your faith. One of the things I genuinely appreciated about this particular chapter um, is the the emphasis on the five-second rule. So I definitely want to get to that. Um, I like the way you frame this. Do your fitness goals feel impossible? They feel so far away that your defeat then overrides like your your want to. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, that's where I live. Like I absolutely know um, what I <clears throat> not only should and shouldn't be doing, should and shouldn't be eating, should and shouldn't be, uh, you know, doing in terms of uh, moving. But that five-second rule is really critical. If I, if I don't activate within that tiny little window, um, somehow my brain kills the idea. Can you just talk about that? Like that, I'm, I'm trapped in that. Well, Mel Robbins, it's funny because my husband and I were having breakfast one morning and he's like, she came out with this rule, five, four, three, two, one, go to get you to move toward an action because you're right. Like if we, any woman or anyone who's been on a diet knows like the minute you start that conversation, like, should I eat this or should I go work out today? Oh my goodness. You know, it's not going to happen. So I think it really helps to just take action instead of questioning and getting into that conversation because Let's, I mean, the path of least resistance is always our flesh's first choice. But I think it's really important that we acknowledge that this whole fitness thing is so much bigger than we even imagine because it is truly a battle of the flesh and the spirit. So we need to get into action. And the five second rule is, you know, in those mornings when it's cold and you don't want to pry yourself out of bed or go read your Bible or make a healthy breakfast or get to your workout. Just, I always say, I always have to put God in in whatever I do. So I always say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Five, four, three, two, one, let's go. And that has really helped me just say, nope, I'm not even going there. I know I need to take care of this body that God has given me. I want to get in the word. I want to work out. I want to choose the foods he's made for me. So instead of entertaining that conversation or believing that I have to settle for a less than life because I don't see results right away. That's a big one, Carmen, is to just get into that action because this whole thing about activating our faith is believing in what we don't see and acting anyway. So that passage from Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, This is um, in part uh, not just having faith, but actually work and working out my faith with fear and trembling. This is also, I love the way that you frame it, excuse me, in the opening of the chapter. Part of this is I just need to let down my nets. Can Can you talk about the let down your nets story? You know, when I was writing this book, I was just like, Lord, please lead me to rele- like relevant examples, like how Jesus taught in story, in the parables. So I love that scene from The Chosen where Simon Peter is letting down the nets after a long night of fishing. When he did that, I mean, he imagine you're doing something like working out. Let's apply this to our real life. We're working out, we're working out, we're working out, and nothing is happening. God is saying, let your nets down again. It's active faith. I mean, Peter was tired. He was weary and hopeless, just like we are. 
But Jesus told him to let his nets down again, and that time they came up overflowing. So it shows how active faith is not about us. It's about turning away from our willpower, our own strength, our own white knuckling our diets, and fully placing our hope, our faith in Jesus and believing that if we do our part, he will do his. So when it comes to your eating, your workouts, or dealing with those issues that hold you back in life, ask yourself, do am I letting my nets down again? Am I believing Jesus or am I just believing myself? Because we get into that conversation where we our, our belief is gone and we need to put our faith back in God and believe one more time and act in faith because... It says, you know, without faith, without works, faith is dead. I'm sorry. Without, I'm like, what is that scripture from James tw- uh, 2? No, no, you got it. No, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Yeah, faith with, without works is dead. So it's some tough love here. But are your actions taking you to your goals? Are you in your life, are you showing that you believe Jesus more than your circumstances? Yeah, part of what I love about that, <clears throat> that story of the great catch of fish First of all, that like it's one of those passages of scripture where we're given like a random detail, like the actual number of fish. Like it's a it's one of those where like the I don't know why the details are so interesting in that particular story, but they're there. Um, And that just seems like a gift of God. Like the veracity of the story um, is is it's almost verified by its own detail. Like it's such a crazy number. Anyway, um, and then Peter, like jumps out of the boat like it's this great catch of fish and like he just wants to like get to jesus um Mm -hmm. so like what he thought was so important which was fishing and catching the fish i mean ultimately what really matters is this relationship and i think that that helps me also when i think about oh what it feels like matters is you know the size of the pant or you know whatever, like, right? Like what, you know, that's actually not what matters. What matters is my relationship with Jesus. It's not the numbers um, on the scale. It's not the, um, I mean, like the thing that I think I'm going for in terms of fitness and wellness is actually not the thing. The thing is this relationship with God, honoring the body that he gave me, honoring the life he's given me to live. I want to use it well. I want this to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit in which God is pleased to dwell. I mean, on and on and on. I mean, part of this is getting my head in the right place in addition to then moving my body in the right direction. And again, I love the five, four, three, two, one, go. Yes. I also love the, in Luke 5, 5, where it says, and five, or I'm sorry, Luke, it's Luke 5, uh, five through seven. And he talks about how like master we've toiled all night and caught nothing, but he says, Mm. nevertheless at your word. I Mm. always think about that because I I shared in the book that like we're unmotivated. We get so unmotivated around fitness and it feels so hopeless, but it begs the question, like, how do we get into that action? How do we pull ourselves up and out of the pits of our lives, the couch that calls our name, the workouts we wish we'd done, the healthy meals we promised to cook, all of those things, I hope people don't miss the connection that letting our nets down again means we believe God, even when we aren't seeing the re- the results, we act again to bring the results. So we need to believe our workouts are working. We need to act in faith without doubting, even when nothing in reality says the possibility 
of our goals are around the corner. And we need to believe that making those healthy choices are creating the results we want. I love how Elizabeth Elliott has a quote that says, don't dig up and doubt what you planted in faith. And we need to remember that John John 1010 says that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy but God, but Jesus came so that we could have life and more abundantly. And when I think about that, I just, I picture our health that, you know, if the enemy can steal our health, he can steal our future. If he can steal our worth, he can steal our future. He wants us in that conversation because then we won't do anything. And because of that, I created an activate your faith success equation. I don't know if you had a chance to see that in the book, but yeah, it really I want to talk it, about I know. I want to talk about that next. So there's an equation for this. If you're listening right now and you're like, I need something super simple, we're going to give you three S's um, to activate your faith. It's the success equation. It is really simple. So what are the three S's to activate your your faith um, in terms of your fitness journey? We're going to ask Kim um, that question next. We're talking about the book, Fit God's Way your Bible-based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. He put that hunger in your heart. We're talking with Kim Dolan Leto. The book is Fit God's Way, your Bible-based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. You can actually check it out and visit online. Tons of really um, great resources related to this. But of course, I don't have the website in front of me on the page I'm looking at. So help me out, Kim. It's fitgodsway.com. We'll make it super simple. Just go to fitgodsway.com and I have free guides and resources on there available for you. So good. Thank you so much. Fitgodsway.com. All right. Um, I want to know the success equation to activate my faith. What are the three S's? Okay. So this came from a ton of prayer because our world is like four weeks to this, you know, three steps Hmm. to that. And I just, God showed me the activate your faith success equation is to seek God, surrender it daily to God and show up in the spirit. And that's how we overcome our place of struggle. We seek God's wisdom for us in the area we struggle. We surrender it daily to him and we rely on his guidance, timing and strength. And we show up daily in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we own our part. Okay, it's so good. So you give us um, counsel and instruction and passages of scripture for each of these. Um, mm-hmm. when, we, when we think about seeking God, I mean, we certainly know that we're supposed to be seeking God, um, with our whole self, our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole body, all of our strength, we're supposed to be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there other passages of scripture that, you know, have been particularly important to you that you'd like us to knit on, knit into our hearts and minds today in this, in this area of seeking God's wisdom for us? 
I love, I mean, you said Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added. That to me is huge. And then also mm. Deuteronomy 4.29 where it says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And we activate our faith when we seek God first, because when we're when we have a moment and, and let's we, let's say we say five, four, three, two, one, let's go. I'm going to seek you, God. I'm going to seek you, God. I'm going to choose to find the right weight loss program, the right workout or the, you know, or more confidence by seeking answers in you, not apart from you, because we know, according to the word, that we can do nothing apart from God. So we need to take our battle to him and seek him in prayer about everything, what we should eat, what our body, you know, the foods our body will thrive on. We're all different. And God knows exactly what we need. And in the midst of our emotions and excuses, we seek God that he will steady us, heal our pain from our past fitness failures. I think that's what makes us quick, Carmen, calm our confusions, fears, and anxieties. And as we learn how to seek him for our fitness goals, he will show us the how to and give us the want to. Because right now, when we're doing this, when you're in the middle of that, you're surrendering your free will. You're seeking mm. his ways above your ways. So that leads into surrendering because that says that we believe God is ultimately in control of everything and he is bigger than what we see. That's so good. Um, you talk about daily surrender. I, I marked that out <clears throat> and I wrote in my book, moment by moment surrender. You know, I, Be- I just... Because for me, tweets. it's every, like, it's five seconds. Like, the five-second rule, because five <laughs> seconds ago, I surrendered, and now five, this five seconds later, I need to surrender again. Well, surrendering is denying yourself and taking up your cross. And there's a reason that God gives us, you know, we have an area of struggle because He wants us to, He wants to drive us to our knees, so we need Him. If we didn't have these struggles, we wouldn't need Him. So it's so important that you know, we find that daily surrender to him. It means that we acknowledge he's ultimately in control of everything. And it helps us let go of our expectations. Carmen, I think that's a big thing. We need to stop having our expectations around worldly ideals and numbers and start having God be our expectation. I tweeted something on Monday and put it on Facebook. I wrote, instead of starting your diet over every Monday, get up every morning and surrender your fitness goals to Jesus. Like lay this down every day or every, you know, before every meal or before you go to the gym or moment to moment. We, we need, it's, a, it's definitely a process of killing that flesh. You think about the flesh, you think about a little kid. I think I shared this story last time. I remember my daughter when she was three in the aisles at Target wanting a toy and throwing her body on the floor and crying and screaming and kicking. And that is exactly what we look like in the flesh when we are giving in to these things that we know we don't want. We're, we're never happier after we miss a workout or eat something that we know wasn't God's best choice for us. And it's not a perfect journey. This is all about grace. And I, I'm not at all saying we need to be perfect. But when God has put his finger on something in our lives, we need to lay it down. Mm. That's so good. Um, so the next is show up. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to seek first God. We're going to surrender moment by moment, and then we're going to show up. That means that I'm going to own my part. Yes. You're going to take authority and action to overcome excuses and laziness, and you're going to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit rather than your own weak willpower. I wrote a quote that says, no diet can give you the spirit of self-control. Only God can do that. <laughs> 
And that is so true. Like, <laughs> I love so how Psalm, Psalm 37, 4 tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. When you do that, it, you all of that just kind of melts away. All of the expectation, all of the pressure, all of the looking in the mirror and being unsatisfied with what you see. In another chapter in this book, I talk about seeing his perfection in your reflection. Start to look at yourself in the mirror and see you are made in the image of God. And that changes everything because you're not a size. You know, you are a daughter of the king. You are a child of the king. So activating our faith with this three S equation, it leads to success. So I just would love to question your listeners and just say, where today, where do you need to seek God, surrender it to him and show up in the Holy Spirit to activate your faith? Because it works. It's satisfying and deep and liberating. And consider writing down what being successful looks like to you to undo worldly examples of success. Because for God, God's definition of success is very different. It's it's living for Him, not for a look. Mm-hmm. So good. It's so good. Um, Kim, as always, thank you so much. I want to encourage you guys. Um, there's, there's so much in here that is um, so helpful. I particularly like the encouragement and I'm going to focus on today, winning the moment in front of me, winning the moment in front of me, the idea of creating, you know, these like small wins in order that at the end of the day, I can look back and say, all right, I, um, you know, I, I overcame one negative habit of the mind by replacing it with one positive habit. And, you know, if I do it step by step over and over and over again, then it actually then does become a new habit, which is what I'm going for in my own life. So, um, fitgodsway.com. You can connect there with Ken. Tons of great resources. Kim, as always, thank you so much for being with us. I'm so blessed. And I pray to God that your listeners hop on over to fitgodsway.com and get those resources. And I'm praying for their health and for yours as well. Thank you for this time. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Hop on over. That's a good thing to do. Let's get moving. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, apparently we're all in this together. Thank you for your text messages this morning. Um, We've got a friend who says, I'm going to write all of this on my mirror. God is certainly nudging me. Thank you so much. Um, We've got a friend who offers an example from, uh, says, this is one of the best scenes in No Country for Old Men. Josh, the Josh character is lying in bed before dawn and he's staring up at the ceiling and After a beat, he breaks the quiet with a simple, okay, and then he gets out of bed and he starts his day. The five, four, three, two, one, go reminded me of that. Hey, um, be encouraged today. Uh, Write it on your mirror if you need to. Write it on your fridge. Put it on an index card. Um, Be reminded to seek God. Um, Let's seek him first. Let's surrender um, who we are uh, to who he is and his best for us and I mean, then let's show up. Let's actually like do our part. Take the right next step. Do the right next thing. Eat the right next thing or (laughs) resist, resist the wrong thing. Whatever, whatever it is that works for you today. Take that one step in the direction of faithfulness today in your walk with Christ. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to put feet to our faith today. So let's activate our faith today in the direction of God's goodness, his grace, his greatness, and his will. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Share the show with somebody else. You can do that on the Faith Radio app or at myfaithradio.com. Have a great day. God bless.
Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.